together in the storm comes a tall handsome man in a dusty black coat with a red right hand right for those that are following on all of our podcast platforms you may have missed our facebook live with sheffield steel dogs head coach greg wood so we're going to head over now and take it to the double champion greg wood Sorry, boys, I just realised I hadn't hit record, so at least we got, got the rest sorry. of it. Well, sorry, really interrupted you there. It's been that kind of day, folks. If you're watching along, please forgive us because I'm ready to snap. It's been, it's been painful technology. But Woody, yeah, cut you off there when uh, the old Zoom lady let us know it's recording. What's, uh, what's on the... Uh, oh, well, I'm trying to get the right words out here. What's the feeling versus winning playoffs over the cup? Uh, I think I think there's playoffs. It's always just got that little bit of prestige about it, and it's you know when you when you win the playoffs, it's you've got all summer as a winner, you know, um, and that's a nice feeling to go into, and it just breeds on right through the summer into obviously preseason next season, and you know hopefully we can hit the floor running like we did this year and and keep up sort of keep up performance level. I think what he what I was going to say to you as well was that the injury problems that you boys have had have been well documented. What with COVID and everything else, and it, there was that stretch of twelve, thirteen games over sort of Christmas where we you were on hell. There we go. Yeah, I, I was about to give you some figures. I, I never had it on my computer, but I remember seeing it when I was over watching you boys. And, and I could see how the players you were missing and who we you were you were sort of lacking, but. You just seem to come healthy at the right time, right at the exact time when it was playoff time. How much a relief was it to see the boys back at that time? Um, obviously, yeah. We, I mean, the injury period it killed us off. I mean, we were travelling. We travelled to Telford twice. You know, we, we, yep. uh, with with nine and ten guys. So I said it at Christmas. You've handed the league over at that point because we were still in running at that point. You know, so um, it, it was really tough, but. We were waiting and we kept saying, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll be fully fit by, by playoff time. And it were kind of just, we, we'd give a few guys extra weeks just to kind of make sure that they were ready. But yeah, it, it all came together at the right time. And like the performance level at the playoff weekend, uh, it was just, you know, everything fell into place. How important how was, was, oh, sorry. Go on, go on, Marty, go on. I was just going to say, how important was the experience having guys like Kirky and Jono and all that there for the Spring Cup with some of, the, some of your younger guys that have like now taken that onto a, a league campaign and ended up with a couple of trophies? Oh, it was massive. You know, them guys are absolutely, they're brilliant professionals, great hockey players, got massively, you know, talented IQs on the ice to make really good decisions. And for our young guys to see that, you know, week in week out on practice and you know competing against them um it's only going to raise their level and i think that was the biggest thing at that the, over that sort of you know over that sort of that seven or eight week span the practice level just went right up and uh compete level in practice the the quality of practice um and that's you know that sort of carried on from that a lot's been a lot's been made of like your your top line and like biz um and all of the boys that you've got there, all your mainstays and Alex and all the boys that like put up points loads. But how... Yeah, yeah, and rightly so. But what I've always said from looking at you and what I put on my social media is that there's a lot of depth there. You've got a lot of young lads. You've got like Doxy, you've got Brahma, you've got Ripley. I know Ripley's 20, but I'd still classify him as young and he's got a lot of potential there. But you have lent on them and have played in meaningful situations. So what do you think they've brought to the table for the accomplishments over the season? Our third line, obviously, with Sam Towner on there as well, with Ripley and Doxy. I mean, they can play against any line in the league and, you know, they go out and shut shut down a, a league, a league so one of the team's top two lines there and uh, and it gives our, you know, our offence a, a chance against one of their weaker lines. So, you know, you saw it at weekend um, that the Towner line were matched against some of, some of the best lines in the league and they completely shut them down. I've, um, from the very start of the season, I spoke to you about him um, and a lad that stepped up and in his very first couple of games, I could see that he was finding his feet in the league, but I knew that he could make meaningful con- contributions. Made the simple passes, did everything right. 
meaningful lifetime over the season. What about Henry Adams this year? Yeah, I mean Henry come in, he come in towards the, you know, the, the end of the first month there, and uh, he come in and he made an impression straight away. He moves the puck quickly. He's got a good size. He's physical, um, and he, he's 19 years old, which is you know it's a massive kicker, and he's going to be learning. He's nowhere near the finished product. Um, but again, I'm absolutely delighted for him. He scored that goal against Telford. You know, obviously he played in Telford before he was released from there. And, you know, I think, you know, for him to score that goal and, you know, it were a great goal as well. Great goal shooting through traffic. And um, he played fantastic all weekend and, and he has done all season. And from my point of view, at 19 years old, you're only going to improve, right? So um, I think that's the biggest kicker for him. I think there were some Telford fans that weren't happy about it when uh, he scored that goal as well. I've seen some traffic and social media about it. I can imagine. I can imagine. You still there, Watty? Yeah, sorry, I was just letting you take the lead because it's I don't have my, ca- no, 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 I I don't have my camera on. on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because I don't have my camera on, I'm trying not to like jump in unless I know there's a gap because you can't. You don't know I'm about to talk. So, yeah. fill your boots, bud. I am... Um... <sighs> I, I don't want to single out players, but I probably will over the next sort of few minutes. The players for me that stood out, I've, I've taken some hammer for it myself, but I'll focus on one just now, and it's the midget man missile with the cannonball leave on her. Now, I know we're Hull being decimated and you've been lucky we get some players in, but I know the Hull boys have found a home in Sheffield over this season and hopefully beyond but that kid has is, is brought a bit of X factor and a bit of grit in a player that encapsulates everything that you need whether that be hitting scoring mixing it up it, and he can do absolutely everything so how valuable has he been to you this year? Oh he, Bones is brilliant he's uh, he does everything he's all action he does everything doesn't he you know he's, he's, he's definitely my sort of player and you know, when he needs to be physical, he can be physical. He makes massive hits. He uh, he can score absolute worldy goals. He goes end to end. He does he does everything. Okay, he goes missing in defensive zone every now and again, but that's just you know that's part and parcel with him. That's what happens when it. you have a good offensive guy like that that likes yeah. to be physical. You, every now and again, you're going to be out to play a little bit if you're skating that extra two or three feet to finish a hit or. No, you're, you know, you're taking that little pinch in the ozone, maybe where you shouldn't. But yes, but then it it pays dividends sometimes because he's got some beauties this year. Yeah, we do, and and we we always say it's high risk and high reward. Sometimes and you've got to you've got to take risks to to try and create stuff. Sometimes, but um, he's he, you know the whole boys, all of them, they've all come in, they've all settled really well, and they've bought into what we want to do, and they've been fantastic. You know, they're part of furniture now. I'd say so. Um, yeah, they've been a credit to us. Sign them long term, get them locked down. There's someone I spoke to you about that probably doesn't get enough praise. We spoke the other night, and I think it's Jonathan Kirk. <sighs> he was outstanding in the game that we were actually there live. Obviously, we watch all the live streams as well. So, we got a, a pretty good understanding of the Steel Dogs level of play and level of compete and stuff like that. And he, he brings it every fucking night. He's so consistent, and you know, even looking at the, the all star teams for me, he should be he should be an absolute shoe in. Yeah, he's so talented. He, he quarterbacks your power play. He makes a great first pass. His compete level is probably better than anybody's in the league, and he just does all the simple things well. I and think that's, that's what I said to you about it. As a forward coming back as a sentiment, like it's been maybe we just talked about it there going in on that four check like bones you maybe throw in a, a hard hit in the ozone and you're wheeling all the way back when they dump the puck out to to be an option and a breakout a d-man that can make a fucking four 10 15 20 doesn't matter what foot pass it is but to your tape is a godsend for a forward of course and you know the way we want to play we, we based ourselves on quick book movement and transition and to do that you've got to move puck north quickly and uh, and he does that every time and, uh, and and I think he obviously he, he chips in with some really massive goals there as well towards the, the near the playoffs. Yeah, as um, I think every single player in your roster's played the part, but I know the way that you like that quick release and outlet pass, mostly through Huey because both of your forwards swing the other side and they try to give everything away. But Huey's usually open in the right wing and he gets fed. But having Moggs 
and Timmy Smith working as a duo at the back with that experience and having him on that first line. There was a good chemistry there it, to get that outlet pass going quickly and getting the puck up the ice. And I think that was intrinsic in the way that whole first line worked, having that experience at the back there. No, for, for sure. You know, them two, they're almost telepathic now, the way they play. They've played together for so many years and you can see that. They just they just know exactly where each other is on the ice. And uh, and I think, you know, and this is probably the biggest criticism you could probably say from. They probably didn't move the puck north quick enough. Um, at the start of the year I think as the year has gone on I think playing with that line you know if you didn't move it quickly you'd be told about it and I think um, you know towards the end of the season they were so so smart and they could move it quickly and he, obviously with, with those sort of quality players on there it could have you know you transition start moving pucks and you create offence from it So are we on have we got have we got Timmy back next year because he's testimonial I think he well, he's his testimonial, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure I'm sure it's ten years for him. We need to see Timmy back next year. Uh yeah. I can't well we can't get too much away, can we? I'll have to <laughs> <laughs> I'm not I'm not saying he is, I'm just asking a question, trying to put you in the spot, because if, if Tim Smith doesn't get a testimonial, if that's not somebody that encapsulates everything that hockey in Sheffield at that level is, I I don't know what is because he couldn't he couldn't sound any more Sheffield if he tried and he, he couldn't epitomise everything that it's all about no it is and, and you know what he's done it the hard way like when I when I were playing still when I first come back from Manchester we were barely getting a shift and uh, he had a pretty rough time when Paisley were coaching he went you know, down he to winter right and a couple yeah, of other he, places he, he, went and... he, he, he was getting down south running but from behind by me I'll show you a video one time when I'm <laughs> But yeah, he had a pretty rough time back then. He didn't. He never really played sort of, you know, full time minutes until when when Paisley left and I took over. And then from that point, he's been, you know, the, one of the mainstays and and one of the most consistent performers in that time. And I know for a fact that he was battling through some stuff through the playoffs. He shouldn't even have been on the ice if I'm no. if I'm honest. I'm not saying Absolutely. it is, but that 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 just shows how much the, the team and the boys there meet him. Absolutely, you know. They were, they, I told him he could have had a night off a couple of nights and uh, he just wanted to play and he just wanted to win. And I think, you know, that was the mentality of that group going into that weekend. It was sort of nothing we're going to sort of stop us doing what we needed to do. So and when we you were still so focused. When you saw the draw and you realised it was going to be you guys against Telford, a repeat of the a repeat of the cup final, what was the feeling going into the camp that week, practice and... What what was the game plan going in in order to turn the Tigers over? Obviously, league champions. Yeah, you know, our matchup against Telford this year were really really good. Obviously, we gave two games at Christmas away, um, but other than them two games, we, we've been pretty solid against them. Um, you know, you know how Telford play. They're really consistent. They're offensive. They, they they play quick, and you know they're very direct. And and, and then they got quality in offensive zone. You know, hitting the second, third, fourth wave. Um, so you know, we we just needed to sort of break up their transition, disrupt things quickly, and and just sort of don't give them any time to play. And then, obviously, once once uh, once we're over the red line, back into our zone, it was just kind of identifying early and making sure that there's nobody sort of free and open. The way I see it as well, you're going to need to beat the best to win the playoff title. So why not get rid of the top seeds early on? You may well beat them in the final, but they could have beat you then, and you still never won nothing anyway. No, for sure, for sure, and I think some of the. But I think it were kind of right. It's business time. Uh, no, we know how good they can be. We know how consistent they can be, but also we know we've got a pretty good shot here if we if we're at the top of our game. Um, and, and you know, like I said to you, everything just fell into place. You know, goals, goals from face-offs, all three lines on the board, and you know, defensively, I thought we were the best best performance of that all year. Yeah, it was fantastic to watch. What was um. At the start of this season, obviously, we had the, the streaming series, you had the boys dropping down from the Elite League, you had a bit of a mix and match squad, and this was sort of the first time you've had a full NIHL national squad post-COVID. What were your aims at the start of the season? Where did you think you could flourish and would you think you could win? Well, I mean, the start of the season, we were in a team meet. We, we said to ourselves, right, we, we finished top three in the league. We, you know, we, we get to a cup final and we get to the playoff final weekend, and that's just non-negotiables. But um, I was pretty, I was pretty, ex, you know, excited about the roster we had. I know we could do a bit of damage, 
you know, you never know. It's, it's it we're an untested team, but I, I knew what quality we had in there, and uh, and I knew if we could, you know, find a rhythm of playing and, and a special way, then you know we were in with a chance of, of winning something. So uh, it's panned out pretty nicely. How important was winning like the the spring series, etc., just to get that taste of getting the trophy and knowing what it's all about and getting over the line and being ready to actually take that into what is a fully fledged competition? Winning's a habit, whatever you do. So I think, you know, I think once the boys had got in there and saw that it were possible and, you know, and the way we did it and the way we playing, you know, a full, full 15, 16 guys all contributing and, and buying into sort of the same thing. I think it's just, it just rubs off on everybody and, and you can tell the they got a taste for it, and you just want a bit more. And uh, and hopefully, you know, after this season, the guys are, you know, not sort of washed, and they, they want to keep going, and they want to still be successful. And and obviously, challenge for everything there is next year as well. We um, obviously there's been a bit of movement in the squad throughout the season, not a huge amount, but the pickups are Brahma and Valdix seem to actually add quite a lot to the team. Uh, I know Brammer and what he's brought back and given a bit of stealing some scoring, some secondary scoring in that second line. Valdix, I saw him the first few games and I've said on the pod and taken Hammer off of what he thought it. Saw him the first few games, I thought it was useless, he offered nothing and he's just shoved it straight up my hook straight after that. So then obviously he's goals in the, the, the playoff final, but that's a bit of a fine to be adding them to your team as well, is it not? Of course, obviously, we'll start with Brammer. He's, he's, he's a forward that, other than Bones, we didn't really have, um, you know, big, strong... He bumps bodies, man. Yeah, he'll yeah. go with anybody. He sticks up for his teammates. Um, he does a bit of everything. He's, he, you know, he's, he's, he's another power forward that, that we didn't have at that point. So to give us another option, it was perfect. I, I just think if you look at him the way that he gets in players faces and like you say he does rough it up and he, he's happy to stand up for himself even though he's a young kid he's a big body but he can score as well he's not just there to do that he makes that second line tick as well he's got good chemistry with his line mates and I think he, he's going to he's a power forward that will be sought after at, at this level for years to come if not even higher I don't know He's got a lot of talent, but I mean, it's down to him how much he wants to work and how much he yeah. wants to put into it. And, uh, you know, he fits in with his team so well and he's a great kid. He works, you know, he works and he wants to do well. And and I think, you know, he did at that point. He gives us such a lift when he first came in. First sort of five games, he playing really well. He was getting on the board and contributing on the, with points. So, um, you know, at that time, it was brilliant to bring him in and it just gives us that, that little bit of springboard to kick on. Where do, where do you see the Steel Dogs where they sit? You know, I mean, like for me, from my perspective and what I see for British talent, and I know you're the same way like, as a coaching perspective, we always want to be pushing our young British players on, don't we? But at the same time, we'd want to keep them at national developing, being the best they can be. But have you got anybody in your roster from this season that you think will make the next step up and actually be in the next GB team? We've got obviously we've got a few talented players. Some of the younger boys coming up, obviously they're, they're probably just they're not at that level just yet. But he likes a Newell, who's you know you watch him on practice and he's he's he's, he's so skilled. Class, I like him. Such a playmaker. Yeah, I like him. He's so skilled. You you know you watch him play three on three and whatever else, and he's just his, his hands are disgusting. Um, but again, he's maturing. He needs to get regular ice time at our level and. You know, he needs to play power play, he needs to play penalty kill, he needs to play all these special team situations and, and just develop and learn. But the only way you do that is through experience, right? So it's just a case of sticking with it and, and you know, then when the opportunity comes, move up. Who have you found it's been, been exactly that this year where they've had the opportunity for the first kind of real time and they've grabbed it with both hands? I think you can't look too much further than you likes of obviously Ripley and Doxy. I think those two guys have, even from the Spring Cup series and that, I think those two guys have really stood out. And uh, I think they've, they, you know, the year previously, Ripley were part of the sort of uh, prospect scheme. Love Ripley. Yeah, great. I mean, you can, just to see how much he's come on this year, obviously he went and played for Coventry, you know, a handful of times and managed to get on board for them. And I think you could just see the confidence sort of brewing out of him. 
What um, we're talking about youngsters, and we spoke a bit about experience. And as a man that grabbed the headlines for this us this season, he was our first star and our weekly awards every single week. The man that never smiles, the man that loves a sunbed. What about Jason Hewitt? What does he bring to the team? And I, I'm so glad that well, you've got him tied down in the two years. Is that right? Yeah, that's From right. Yeah. yeah, so how long having him? So enough for that, whole fans. What does Jason Hewitt bring to you every practice? I know he's crap at interviews, great at sunbeds, uh, and doesn't smile, but what does he bring on the ice for you boys? He's a total competitor, you know, he, he, he demands he demands the best from everybody and that's, you know, you need that from within your dressing room. It's, um, you know, as a coach, you can stand there and you can say whatever you want, but, you know, the players are the ones that have to drive that dressing room, they have to lead that dressing room and, you know, I'm very, very lucky within that team that we've got so many leaders um, and, you know, they drive the standards and, you know, if it's full short of that, they'll be first ones to tell you about it. Um, but I think in any winning team, you need that. And obviously, his on-ice performance has been second second to none, you know, all year. Um, he scored absolute snipe on Sunday. Yeah. And, you know, Brilliant. he gives you that on that power play. He's not only probably your best passer and, you, you know, your, your best outlet guy, but he's also absolutely fire on the power play as well. And he just gives you that shooting option just coming off the other side. I, uh, I obviously on this interview I don't want you to give anything away about next season or, or what you've got but in the initial conversations where you've had whether that be the boys you've had this year or maybe other players that you may be looking at do you think you're in a strong position moving on? Yeah we are we're in a strong position and to be honest we'll probably make maybe three new guys in that's maybe it you know I'm, I'm, I'm really happy with the squad we've got um, and obviously it's a successful team. I think some, you know, with the new teams coming in, it's probably going to dilute other teams. So if we can keep what we've got and we can build and we can bring maybe a couple of guys in that maybe, you know, give us a bit of secondary scoring and help in that department, um, you know, I think we're, we're in a pretty good place. Like I said, if it wasn't for the injuries and, and the COVID spell there, I think, you know, we've been there or thereabouts with, with the league title as well. So, um, you know, there's not an awful lot we need to change in uh I think if we can keep this, this group together, we'll only get better as a, as a unit as well. What do you make of the Seahawks and Pitbulls coming in? Obviously, it makes it an 11-team league next year. You talked it potentially it could dilute a little bit. That's something that we don't want. Obviously, the National League was uber competitive this year. Top to bottom, everyone could beat everyone. What's your kind of initial thoughts on it? And is it something you welcome and something you look forward to? Obviously, I've been hauled back in the league. It's great for us, you know. It's a local rivalry, and you know, the, between the two fans, there's, you know, there's, it's brilliant. So having them back in the league is going to be absolutely fantastic. But I mean, the league's been so competitive this year, and it's probably the, the most entertaining it's been in the last maybe I don't know, 15 years or so that I've been involved with it. You know, everybody could beat anybody, and from a coaching standpoint, it was a nightmare because you know you had to make sure that you're on the ball every single game and. Uh, that's the only problem. I just thought if, if it dilutes the league with players and, you know, from my point of view up north, there's probably not, not enough players to go around the three teams. Um, but, you know, that's why we're working hard to secure everybody we can. I don't think, yeah, we'll say that with um, Bristol down there, it could dilute the talent pool. Swindon have obviously secured the whole roster up for the next 17 years. <laughs> uh, you, <laughs> I, I think, the, the players that you want to keep will stay because there's a winning mentality you've done well with your season and just from being around the boys this it's a good place to be it's a good environment and I've been impressed as well with coming down to the Leeds games this year I've been lucky enough to be there live that, that, that's a good rival you've got going on there now I think it can only bode well for the future having this Yorkshire rivalry that could actually develop into something because the fans are getting behind it as well for sure. And you, I mean, you could see just going to the Leeds games, uh, you know, they, they were well back this year. There were a couple of sellout crowds when we played there. and uh, Great team, great team. Very talented team, very talented. And it's, you know, I'm surprised they ran out of steam towards the end of the season there, but they could have, on the day, they were as good as anybody offensively. Super talented team. What's the, um, what's the, well, it, it's hard to, to put a stamp on it and ask you right now, but you want to be as competitive as possible next season. But 
well, how can you go any better? You, you need to take all the marble the next year, but you're obviously aiming maybe for a league title or, or do you not see that as important as the playoffs? Because for me, from a football background and a British perspective, I always look at the league being the epitome, but hockey and North American sports standards, it's the playoffs, but what's the most important to you? I think for me, I, I, have to, I have to agree with you. I think the league campaign's the most you know, it's the most important. You've got to be consistent over 50-odd games and that's tough to do. Um, and, you know, that's why Telford was so good this year. I don't think they were the best team. However, they were the most consistent team. Um, you know, because on, on the given night, Milton Keynes were more offensive. They were harder to play against. Leeds were better offensively. You know, there were so many teams that were, you know, better offensively and could give you a really good hiding, but they just weren't the same level of consistent and, you uh, you know, you know what you're getting from Tommy's teams. They're so well organised and so well drilled, and and uh, you know they're just so consistent over the course of them fifty odd games. We picked Kieran Brown as our player of the year. Is there, you know, is there anyone that stands out to be player of the year? Not have a last will and testament. Lucky for the fans. Um, other than you know, I are we have totally biased. I'd say Huey and Viz have been absolutely financial. fantastic this year for us. Ben and his team uh, do all the research behind but, the scenes know, to make Brownie's sure they can bring you the best cover. Such a super We had him here for a. For so a year or so, and uh, to contact you know, ben you can see how good he is. He's, he's super UK, talented. And again, if we talk about players that need to move up, he's it's probably not just the Wills. One. If you need sick pay, uh, he's ready made to go in that league. Cover, he can do that for you guys too. If you We're get talking about players that's covered that, by your policy, like from a general consensus, we think can move up. Somebody we've not spoke about is Alex Graham. I know he's dipped up and down between you boys and the Steelers. Where do you think his future lies? Quote 4,000 and counting. Again, uh, to him for a Alex deal. is super talented. Like, he's, he's probably got more financial natural talent than what Kirky did. Ridiculous. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah, um, in, 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 in the way he plays, he's big, he's physical, he's got hands, he can shoot. You know, he can literally do everything. Um, but again, it's, it's going to be down to him and what he wants and, and how well he can, you know, he can adapt and use the, the skills he's got. And, um for me, the sky's the limit with him. It's just going to be down to him and how much he wants it. That's one thing that's, um, well, I've said it numerous times, like when uh, on the game with the Steel Dogs, it's just, it seems to me, you don't need to comment on this, but to me, it's like he's got another three gears he can go through. Yep. Because I can, I, I can see the way, even when he's playing, he turns players inside out, goes back, turns them inside out again, does a toe drag, puts the top shelf. But if he did that at his full tilt, he could be so much more effective. And it's frustrating for me to watch because I know how far he could go and how much better he could be. For sure. And it's, it's just about habits. And I think sometimes when you, when you are at a certain level playing down a bit, you're getting bad habits. And, uh, and that's probably a key for him as well, you know. You wouldn't if you're playing for the Steelers. He won't do that, you know. He moves his feet. He makes simple passes. He's direct. And I think sometimes habits creep in, and it's just a case of just ironing them out. And just you know, come on, let's make sure we're playing the right way and doing the right things that you'd do at any level. And uh, but yeah, whoa, what a super talented boy, super talented. There's, um, sorry, go, go on, on. Wally. Go on, mate. Just... We we spoke about on the podcast on numerous occasions the import level. Now, as I imagine, what's classed as one of the smaller budget clubs, where where do you see the import level in a national league? Do you think it's right just now, and do you think there's any room for expansion? What's your what's your thoughts on it? Um, obviously, with our first background having five imports, then it dropping down, and then so on and so on. Obviously, having five imports it increases your quality level and uh, and the competitiveness of your team, but. I think from a financial standpoint, knowing what I do now and, and you know being around that, I think it's just not for a club of our size. It's not feasible to do that, um, especially with the new work permits and everything else that's gone on after Brexit. It makes it very hard to sign, you know, guys from outside the UK now. What are you looking at then for for next year? Like, I would say for me. Two imports are great for this league. What well, I know you're in disagreement. You think that it brings the players on more, but I don't know if we need any more non-British trained players within the system. I think two works well. Is it changing next year? Can they both be on the ice at the same time? Is that right? 
Yeah, both guys can be both guys can be on the, the ice at the same time. So well, that's uh, a step in the right direction. I think obviously it's gonna it's gonna increase, you know, special teams. Special teams gonna be massive next year. I think if you can overload your quality on that sort of one line and uh, I think obviously penalty killing is gonna be a massive focus for everybody. Be interesting to see how people play that. Do you do what essentially what Cardiff Devils done this year and put Sam Duggan and Ben Davis out there killing first unit, top penalty kill all the time so that you've got guys like Reed and that sitting on the bench ready for when they get a fucking PP or a late face-off and they've got that extra 40, 50 minute and a half in the legs that maybe they wouldn't have if they have to kill penalties. And I think obviously just again, just being able to utilise, you know, all the players that you dispense and and sort of just giving them roles like this year, just going back to guys like Doxy and and Rips and uh, some of the guys further down the lineup, killing, you know, night night in, night out and uh, doing a successful job with it. Who's your teams this season that you've come up against that's given you the biggest challenge or that you've been most impressed with? I have to say, you know, not many teams have really given us a good good going over this year, but we uh, we went to Milton Keynes not so not so long back in February, I think it were, and you know, for for fifty two minutes we got run ragged, you know, and it, we decided to turn up the last eight minutes and tie the game, took it to overtime or whatever else, but um, for fifty two minutes they were just just totally you know overrunning us. They were so quick, the transition were good, we were chasing shadows, and uh, you know that team. On its day, we're as good as anybody. You yeah, had a bit of, oh, sorry, Matt. I was just going to no, say, had, I was just going to say, running and the most famous picture, <laughs> the most famous picture in the EPL. Oh, well, I said EPL, the, the National League this season might have been Miles Finney leaning over the bench with his helmet in hand <laughs> uh, between MK and Sheffield. Can you talk us through that because you know the 4,000 boys love a, love a bit of fisticuffs. Yeah, well, it, it, do you know what? That's one of the games we, we set off and we, we, we got 4-0 up within like a few minutes. Like we were, we were just set off like first first 10 minutes, 4-0 up. Then, you know, I'm playing young Michael Danico and uh, and he's, he's he wheels around Jamo, takes it to the net and buries one and he goes straight past their bench and celebrates. You know, <laughs> oh, what are you doing? What are so, you doing with your life? Aye, so he was just jacked up when he was just excited. His first sort of yeah, scene, of or whatever else, and uh, I totally understand it. But that that that's time to reel the kid in right there. Aye, of course, and uh, obviously he never touched ice after that. I didn't put him back out. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, but I mean, one of shift plus one. Thanks. Yeah, so the next shift out, obviously, it's our top line, and uh, they sent the dumber and dumber out, and you know, you see what happened. <laughs> That's not like somebody we've not touched on, and it, it was an absolute beauty. And who's your your team captain, Belly Lewis yeah. Bell? I mean, we obviously we saw the video afterwards where it looked as if Belly was going for a shift change, and he jumped off the bench. And you obviously, didn't do it. Have you not, no, 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 you're not the story from that. I've heard something from Timmy, but it was. Uh, so, J- so JK was trying to sh- like open the gate and he ended up sh- <laughs> the gate on Belly and pushing him out. So Belly was like sacrificial lamp. <laughs> and then as soon as Bobby saw him coming over the bench, that was it. So, uh... <laughs> yeah, well, well, you know, Bobby had skated from the far corner. He looked at their yeah, bench. Yeah, yeah. Cliff gives Cliff gives him the nod. So you know, it's fair game. But Belly, Belly's another one, and that that's somebody we haven't touched on. He's another one, Sheffield born and bred. And he he yep. knows the club inside out, and you you've got a locker room full of leaders. But that guy's got to be somebody for the younger lads to lean on, and somebody to show them what it's all about. Being part of Steel Dogs this year, absolutely. You know the silent assassin, Belly. You, you know he don't he don't say he don't say an awful lot, but he leads he leads the right way. He looks after himself, and you know sometimes from leaders, it's more about what you do than what you say. And I think he's one of those. Um, but even you know going into that after the second period, you know in the final of the playoffs there, and Alex were a bit down on himself. He weren't having best game. Well, he didn't think he were, but we thought he were doing great. He were keeping things simple. But you know, Belly had a little talk to him there, and it were it were pretty inspirational, really, what he was saying to him. So uh, you know, he says things at right times and and leads by example. 
I spoke to Bowie outside the Skydome for about 25 minutes and he seemed calm, composed, just nice and relaxed, ready to go. He was confident that the boys were going to get the result. Obviously, you went on to do that. I just liked his composure. Just he's talking to him now. He's like a, he's just a wily vet. He is, and do you know what? He has been around so many years, and uh, and he's, he's been Mister Consistent, really. Like even with with Smithy, them two boys sort of come come on scene at the same time, and and like I said, they've been the ever presence and ever consistent ever since. I um I, I don't want to sort of miss a lot of the lads out, and it seems like we're going round the houses and just like touching on everybody. But what about the ultimate rat and every opposition fan's favourite player, Lee Haywood? What does he bring to the table, and what has he done for this year? Because he's he's actually chipped in with some important goals, which is massive goals. Goals. Yeah. yeah. Haywood, not no, honestly, like we 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 felt lucky. Like I tried to sign him pre-season, and he kind of. Um and in and you know they weren't enough sort of financially and everything else that goes along with it but um you know after we made a couple of changes earlier on in the season uh, releasing a couple of guys uh, he just fell into place and you know he moves the puck so well and he, he you know he, he can make a good first pass and he's chipped in with some huge goals I mean he started us going at Coventry there with a power play goal you know after a pretty poor power play to be totally honest um but he got us on board and he sort of you know, his compete level's there every night and you know what you're going to get from him. Every single time. And how many power plays has he drawn for you? Oh, oh my God. I've never seen a guy who jumped as much in my life. It's, uh, do you know what? I, I think you know this what we were talking about off air the other night, buddy. Like, oh, this man, is like, word for word, I think, was have you ever seen a guy get punched in the face so much? But he, and you know what? He loves it and he, and, he, and he does. He gets on the guy's skin and he just he completely gets people off the game. I mean, Do you know what makes me laugh though? Is like there's a goal mouth scramble in the opposition end. The forwards are in there and there's a bit of a tussle. And then a second and a half later from the blue line, Haywood goes in there. And then it's him that draws a penalty because he's in the mix and somebody punches him in the face. There's a D man coming into that mix that gets you the power play. Of course. And, uh, and listen, sometimes we have to bite bullet and he'll take penalties and whatever else. But I think. Uh, on the grand scheme of things, he were a, he were a massive pickup for us, and uh, again, he's somebody that's been at the club for so long, and you know he's come through some of the hard times earlier on under the Piat days and whatever else, and um, he's just a good lad. He's a really good lad. Do you think that's what got you through this season? Not you've obviously got a plethora of talent there and a lot of good players, but this there always seems to be a good team unity. You've got a team ethos there. You've got a mantra that you play with in that all the boys buy into. And I think that's it. It's a good team unit. They're, they're cohesive. I think that everybody buys into the way that you want to play and the way that Sheffield Steel Dogs want to project themselves to the rest of the league. Do you think that's why you've been so successful? I think I think so. You know, a lot of it has down to the closeness of the team and, uh, and, and the togetherness of the group. It were almost like, honestly, like, they just... You'd have not thought it were a semi-final or a final the way those guys carry on before games, and it's just relaxed and nonchalant, and they're con- confident in their own ability. But you know, as soon as they're out there, they're, they're all together and they're all as one, and you know, they all want the same thing, and that's the that's the biggest thing. Everyone's pulling in the same direction, and it makes such a difference when you've got a team full of those guys that are doing that. I'm waiting yeah. to see. Oh, sorry, I, I was waiting I don't, for you I don't well. want to jump it's in, so, It's so hard, I can't mate, see because, you, mate. I'm like... I know, this is why it's so difficult. Woody, you've had you've had a couple of years behind the bench now. Where do you think your kind of ceiling with the coaching is? What would you like to do going, going forward? I was just going to ask the same thing as well. Uh, I Listen, uh, you know how hard it is for British coaches over here to get a job anything higher than this level and... Uh, you know, it is possible. You've seen guys go on and do it. Pete's gone on and doing it. He's having a great career. You know, you know, he's just got a job up in the DEL and whatever else. Phenomenal. And, uh, yeah, massive job, massive job. But, um, you know, I've got ambitions and, you know, we want to do well. I want to do the best for myself and I want to keep progressing. And, you know, I think, you know, especially at this level, I've got to be consistent over a few years to sort of warrant any sort of, you know, chance a league above. But, you know, I think with what we've got, with the guys we've got and, you know, the philosophy we've, we've, we've sort of play with and the style of play that I want, if we get the right sort of tools to do it, and I know it can be successful, you know, we've done it this year and 
over you know well even over the past two years with the spring cup and the streaming series it obviously works and uh, it's just having the right tools to do it with I am um, I, I, I do not want to miss anybody out because we spoke about virtually everybody it, but there's one lad that you've been missing for a long time and we obviously saw him getting injured uh, I just think Spursy was a massive miss for you like at the end I, I thought he just offers so much and have you got any update about when he'll be back at, well I'm he's guessing he's going to be back oh sorry yeah, he was back last week he played yeah he played the playoff final semi-final and final yeah missed that then but is he is he feeling good then or is he he's uh, he's he's waiting on surgery so again it were a guy that didn't need to play but wanted to play and you know Spurs his class he's, he's so he's so consistent and he's uh and I think, you know, technically he's probably the strong, one of the strongest guys on our team. He's, he's so good in his own end. He's strong on the puck. He makes good, simple plays. And, you know, towards the, the early part of the season there, when he was playing with, uh, with, with Biz and Huey, he was, he was just linking that line together really nicely. Um, yeah, so that's so, what I'm saying. I think you were missing Alex and he stepped up onto that top line and it, yeah. it didn't look like anything was missing when he was there. No, if, if anything, he probably brought another dimension to that line just because he were... It were a lot simpler. Obviously, Alex is a focal point, and you know you get him the puck and he can score goals. Spurs is going to do that, um, but you know everything else he brings to the table. He just sort of knitted that line together really nicely. So you know it's it, it's food for thought, you know, for for future years and and whatever else. But he's he's just so consistent and so so he's just an honest player. You've got a couple of jokers on that roster, Finney oh, and, and Tomo. What's that? What, what's it like babysitting those two boys all year? Oh, they're a nightmare, honestly. Absolute nightmare. I've um, it's always like story time every time Miles walks in or or whatever else. And uh, did you not see his Facebook post where he was had the Greg sausage roll in his hand and he was shouting away people trying to break into cars and the oh, ice so car park. <laughs> That were legit, yes. That seriously happened. <laughs> I just put up to it. I know, I saw the video. Guys on the back of a moped with a <laughs> still somewhere in their hand, chewing into some car, and he's trying to tell them to get lost. Like, no, he's a he's a funny guy, but again, you've got to have those sort of characters in room. I think when you know, I, I'm pretty serious, and I can be a, a miserable get. You know, I can be pretty pretty boring, but um, I think I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, you need you need some of them guys in the room that just sort of lift the mood and, and make everybody laugh. And you know, in Tomo and, and Miles, you certainly got that. Yeah, I, de- I definitely see that. As I'm saying, but Chaz, obviously, who was he staring down on the uh, the blue line at the playoff final? He, he had a good stand there instead. Somebody down yeah, the so the game. What was that about? Uh, so so I just said to him, I said, "You better not lose this now." So he, he didn't ever even come in the room. <laughs> he didn't stay out there, but. He ended up winning it and uh, he had a bit of fun with beach ball in between, playing with the fans and whatever else. But, you know, it's just mental games like that. Just, just you know, you know he's, he's a funny guy and he, he was just basically trying to outweigh, I can't remember it word, maybe Green or someone like that from, from Milton Keynes. Um, yeah. But yeah. He, do, he does it He does it for the last man off the ice every game as well. I see him. He like tries to dummy himself off and then comes back on. Him and Bones, man, the last two guys off, they always do that no-look shot and I'm honestly... <laughs> I watched them both do it a couple of weeks ago and they, they both didn't even it, it were they literally hit the ash marks. It's <laughs> not but you know, we we had a bit of a joke earlier on in the season because it seemed like every time, you know, teams pulled the goalie or we you know brought trying to bring an extra skater on bones always scored. So, you know, it were kind of like uh, get him out of the closer. Um, but again, they've been brilliant this year. It's all the boys. Everyone's sort of done different roles and you know and stepped in at different points like Chaz. Yeah, he didn't see much ice time over the weekend there at playoff weekend, but there were massive parts of the season where he, he contributed and played a massive role for us. He loved his celebration jumping on the balls. That's his trademark, isn't it? Is it him, him and Henry Adams that take the cup up to the boards? Ah, yeah, I think him and Bram has been up, him and Adams, and you know, it's a sort of signature thing for him now. He's done it a few times, but um, I think, um, you know, again, he just loves playing for the club and he, he wants to do well and He's forever trying to improve. And I think sometimes that drives lost on people because, you know, he doesn't do well and he doesn't want to improve. I, um, a lot of the things that are sort of remiss in 
we speak to coaches and we speak to players and we give them the adulation and we tell them how great they are and how well they've done and what they've won. But how much has gone on behind the scenes with like Ali, Roger and Jane and the, the ownership group and how much support do they give you and all the other volunteers? I, I, don't, I don't know their names, but how much goes on behind the scenes to make the Steel Dogs organisation what it is? It's, listen, them lot do an awful lot. And to be honest, my job is to turn up, run practice and be there on game days. I don't do anything else. So from a coaching point of view, it's perfect. Like I've got no other stress worrying about tickets, worrying about this, you know, it, that's not for me. You know, I'm, I'm a hockey coach. I'm not a GM. I'm not anything else. And, uh, and they just make my life much easier. And, and you know what, the heart's in the right place. They want the team to be successful. They give us all the tools to do it this year when, when we needed guys in. Um, you know, allowed me to bring players in and, and, and you know it's perfect situation and I think you know they've had some hard years they've had some hard years here especially you know financially and, and always competing sort of 7th, 8th place at national level and, and, uh, and you know scraping them playoff points and I think this year I think it's been you know just rewards for them well, I said as well, what, what was that one year that, was it Semitos, was it Ozerlins that they had? Oh, so good. So fucking good, my, boys. Yeah, my, my first year back from Manchester. And that's what I'm saying. I, I think from a perspective in the size of the teams and what they can offer and what players they can bring in, the only years that they could compete was when Ozerlins was there. And it's only now that this... It helped Bouncy was there at the same time. Well, yeah, yeah, it was Bouncy as well. <laughs> Sorry, helps. Jesus Christ, I, I forgot about him. But I'm just talking about, everybody talks about the goal scorers, don't they? But with Ozzelins was when, that was when they were seen as a force. But now it, it is the first time in years that they've had a team where you can go. And you're constantly Sorry. competing with the team across the road, the Steelers, and constantly competing for fans to come through the door and watch you and I know there's been initiatives to get people through the door and the crowds have been bigger but how much of a difference does that make having more fans through the door and getting people behind the boys this year? Of course I mean with fans it's, we've always had the same sort of core core group of fans but I think this year especially the last sort of six or seven home games um, we had a few games over a thousand there, two sellouts, and uh, it just makes a massive difference. It just creates an environment where you know everybody wants to succeed, and it makes the boys get excited for games. And I think it just raises everybody's level. But like I said to you, the school program seems to be working really well. Just the other night, there were you know I'd say probably five families that have you know got free tickets and they've come back buying shirts, buying merchandise, and it's just going to help the team sort of get to that next level and and, and be competitive and just help financially as well obviously that's a massive thing for us you get any insight into the team next year for us that you want to drop or are we leaving that all to uh, publications through social media outlets from the team uh, well like I said to you before I'm, I'm hoping you know we shouldn't change too much here I think we've got a good good foundation of players and I'll probably look to strengthen maybe two or three areas but um, that's really it is there anything that you're you're most looking forward to with the eleven teams? Is it purely expansion, or is it the the potential to to drum up a new rivalry with Hull again, or what is it for the for the dogs? It's got to be Hull, isn't it? It's got to I be Hull. I think so. Yeah, I think I think now with obviously Leeds and Hull, obviously pre-season, I don't know what's going to go on, but I'd imagine we'll probably have a little bit of round robin between the three teams, and we can start it up right away. And and I think. Um, just having that rivalry and that sort of close sort of proximity between the clubs, I think it's only good for us. And even with Bristol, you know, it's it's a new place, a new place to visit, and I'm sure they'll be competitive. Seems like they're doing a really good job down there. Obviously, we're getting crowds in and and whatever else, so it's it should be interesting. What a road trip that will be down to Bristol, honestly, with Richie and Mike Hargreaves at the, the helm with them and the way that they're running it, because. They were selling out at this level and they're no mugs. I think they'll have a good team and they'll be competitive and I think it's a great addition to the league. I just hope that Hull are as competitive. I don't know where they're going to find players from. I'm sure they will do. They've got people behind there that are going to be able to scout a team out. But as long as it, the league stays as competitive as this year because it's been phenomenal to watch. Every single game's been great. 
no, totally. And I think that'd be my only worry and my only concern with, with edit, adding extra teams is, you know, obviously the overall quality level. But, um, you know, it gives opportunities for other guys to step up and play more prominent roles. And, and again, we talk about development for young Brits. Perfect opportunity. Perfect opportunity. So, um, last, last point from me, Woody. Um, obviously, there's been an uneven number of teams. Would you be keen or willing to accept, say, well, we spoke to Jamie Thompson, assistant coach of Solway, and they've been keen to come into the sort of that National League structure. Is that too far? Well, I don't think it's too far enough for you. I know like, we're talking about Bristol. Would you think that we could make a National League and have two conferences, maybe six and six, and have Solway in there or a team like that? I think so. I was really impressed with how they played at the weekend. I thought that the compete level were right up there, and I thought, you know, I were impressed with with, with with the sort of club. And I think if it were to make it twelve two sixes and had a Northern Conference, I think it'd work. I think it would work. And uh, obviously, travel for us, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be too bad. It would be not too much, you know, dissimilar to uh, going down to Bristol. But I think obviously for the Southern teams, it'd be a bit, a bit of an issue. You got anything else, Woody? No, I don't have anything else, Woody. I was just going to thank you for uh, for your time. I really appreciate it, and I want to I want to thank you for your patience, mate, because it's obviously been in typical four thousand and counting fashion, uh, technical glitches out with our control, and anybody that was wanting to wait for the time to listen to you then. But honestly, thanks for your time so much. Especially when Chef Wednesday are playing in a in a semi final playoff tonight. Right, are you keeping an lost, eye on the score? You just lost, I. <laughs> What a, way to, what a way to finish your interview. Just wound him right before the end. God, I'm so sorry. Yeah, to be fair, I'd have, took a, I'd have took a 1-0 before it. You know, We would play at home on Monday, so there's an opportunity. You can, bring you it can, home. Bring it home. But um, again, to you guys, thank you for this year. You know, you, you know the support you've given us and, and whatever else, it's, it's really appreciated. And I think everybody at club, you know, you, when we see it, people recognising what we've achieved and, and whatever else, it's, 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 it's nice to see. So thank you. Hey, anytime, man. Keep up the good work and we'll be there next year as, as 100%. Ever. 100%. Right, everybody that's watching along, once again, I apologise for the delay. I apologise for the video. But for now, we're going to let Woody go. So thank you very much. Don't forget that our episode with Brody DuPont and Neil Francis goes live tonight. So you're going to get to hear the Devils winning coaches and everything that went into that that weekend winning the playoffs Todd Kelman making huge decisions six weeks out so make sure you go listen to that right now on a gathering storm comes a tall handsome man in a dusty black coat with a red